following on from our series in, that Stephen started. It's called Frequency. And I want to just read a few um, familiar pass- passage of Scripture for many of us. And then I'm just going to make a few comments. It's reads in 1 Corinthians. And if you've got your Bible, please turn with me. If not, they're on the screen. But 1 Corinthians in chapter 2 and verses 6 through to 10, Paul is addressing the church at Corinth. And in the opening verses of 1 Corinthians 2, he's basically saying, listen, I didn't come with eloquence. I didn't come with intelligence. But I came with a demonstration of the Spirit's power. I don't want to deal in the natural. I want to deal in something that's supernatural. And then he goes on to say, verse 6, We do, however, speak a message of wisdom amongst the mature, but not the wisdom of this age. You know there's a wisdom of this age? And of the rulers of this age, he goes on to say that. There's a wisdom that's in this age. There's a wisdom that's... that's um, spouted off from university lecturers and from social scientists and from politicians. I'm not saying they're all wrong, but sometimes I hear it through coming through news at 10. It's the wisdom of this age. It's not the wisdom of God. And it says that kind of wisdom will come to nothing. It was still in the, in the first century church. In the first century, it will come to nothing. And then Paul says, no, we as the church, we declare God's wisdom. A mystery that has been hidden and that God destined for our glory before time began. None of the rulers of this age understood it. They couldn't get their heads around the wisdom of God. And if you're here and you're thinking, what's happening? What am I in? I just pray that God, by the power of His Spirit, will touch your heart and your mind, and that you will begin to see. There's many of us who are now seeing. We're seeing what God is doing amongst us. He says, none of the rulers of this age understood it, for if they had, they would not have crucified the Lord of glory. However, verse 9, as it is written, what no eye has seen, what no eye here has heard, what no mind has conceived, the things God has prepared for those who love him. Then verse 10, these are the things God has revealed to us by his spirit. I'm committed these verses to memory, verse 9 and 10. What you know, no no eye has seen, no ear has heard, no mind has conceived what God has prepared for those who love Him. But we have it revealed to us by the Spirit of God. What He's basically saying is there are some things that are far beyond your comprehension, far beyond your understanding, far beyond your intelligence uh, in this world. But God is able to reveal those things to you by the Spirit of God. Question How are we able to understand the things of God? Well, we understand them as we tune in, as we tune in to God. And this is the whole thought of frequency. Two weeks ago, it doesn't often happen, but we had a, a lazy Saturday morning, my wife and I and the kids. And, and when we try and have a lazy morning, what we try and do is have a big slap up English breakfast. Anybody in for that? Oh, yes. Oh, yes. I just love the sausage and the bacon and... Oh, I can smell it now. Anybody with me? Wonderful. And the fried bread and the eggs and just beautiful. Fresh coffee. And on that particular morning, what we tend to do is if we have a lazy day, my wife um, a number of years ago bought me one of the best Christmas presents she's ever bought me. She bought me a digital radio. I love listening to news from around the world. I love listening to music from around the world. And of course you can tune in and you can listen to music around the world. 
But this particular morning, she was already up. She was a good girl. She'd already got the breakfast started. And I just waltzed down and she said, Christian, you know, can we just put the, the radio on? I think she wanted a bit of atmosphere. You know what I'm talking about, fellas? A bit of, you know, romance. Okay, I'll move on. Okay. But, you know, just, you know, a bit of atmosphere, you know, the music. And it wouldn't switch on. This, this jolly radio wouldn't, wouldn't switch on. So I, 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 t- I tried to tune it. wouldn't work tuned it because it's internet-based said to Lilia, go and turn the internet off, would you, sweetheart, and took the plug out and then plug it back in and, and then, you know, try to get these red bars off it so you know it's live and still wouldn't work. And then I just ultimately just left it there and said, let's just give it a few minutes with the hope that it will just reboot and kick in. And that's exactly what happened. But it got me thinking, sometimes we need a reboot. Sometimes we need a restart. If you've been a Christian for many years, this series is absolutely for you. You might say, well, I've got prayer down to a, a you know, down, down to a fine, you know, uh, you know, I just know what I'm doing with prayer. And like Jared, it might be that you're spending an hour with God and that's wonderful. And, and we want to encourage that, but we all need a reboot. We all need a restart. We all need to frequency in. We all need to get a new connection. It may be that you new to faith and you have no idea about prayer, I'll make comment about it uh, in a few moments. But we want to encourage everybody to go on the journey of tuning in to God. We want to encourage you, as we've already said, how to hear the voice of God. And that was happened last week. We want to help you to know how to understand essential, timeless, spiritual disciplines. And that's going to come in a few weeks. And today it's my joy to talk how we tune in to something that I think is really, really important and something that those who have been on a journey for a while in faith, every one of us will have experienced. And that is, what do we do when God doesn't answer our prayers? What do we do with unanswered prayers? Because I've got plenty. But God has actually not answered my prayers. So what do we do with that? So I think it's good for us to talk into that. And there are some things that I want to look at. But I also want to then, towards the end, talk about not just unanswered prayers, but I also want to talk about unasked prayers. Because I think it's really important that we understand as well, there are some things that God is wanting us to ask, but we haven't asked, therefore he can't give to us. Because what does it say? The Bible says, ask and you shall receive. You have not because you have asked not. So there are, I want to talk about unanswered prayer particularly, but I'm just towards the end looking at unanswered prayers. You see, for those who, who don't know, prayer is simply communication. It's simply us communicating. It's simply us, thank you, it's simply us talking, talking to God. Now, how do we do that? Well, we do it in our own words. We do it simply. We do it honestly. We just come before God in language. You know, you may not pray how Nathan prays or Jared prays and they use great words. You think, I can't use those words. We're not asking you to use those words. Prayer is simply using your words to God. That's, it. That, that, that's all it is. I'm not asking you to pray as you can't. I'm asking you, you to pray as you can. You know, I love the, the scriptures because you see the honesty, the vulnerability, the authenticity of guys who are writing prayers. I mean, anybody read the, 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 the book of Psalms? Give me a wave if you have. I mean, you read some of the prayers that you're thinking, David, what were you thinking? God, smash their teeth. Do them in. Do them a personal. I mean, these are his prayers that he's bringing to God. 
He's sharing from his heart. You know, God is wanting us to just simply come before him with honesty, with vulnerability. And I, I think it's important that we find a place and Stephen addressed that last week. You see, why we're encouraging to pray is because of this. When we pray to God regularly, irregular things will happen on a regular basis. I'll say that again. When you pray to God regularly, irregular things will happen on a regular basis. And that's the reality. There's something about just every day coming forth before God, bringing our hearts, bringing our requests, bringing our thoughts, bringing our pain before God. And as we do that on a regular basis, irregular things will happen on a regular basis. But the reality is there are some things that happen in prayer that God is wanting to teach us. You see, there are some prayers that I prayed, if I can get vulnerable with you, that I just believed God was going to do for us. I believed God was going to break through. I believed Him. And it came to nothing, seemingly. And you know, there are some people, when that happens, they run away from God. They shake their fist at God. You might be here today. You might have a problem with God. They're about to turn from God. They say, God can't be a loving God. He can't be a loving Father because He's just not answered our prayers. And that is a justifiable comment. So, sir, madam, if that's how you've been, I understand your heart, but I wanted to just try and bring some relief to your pain if that's where you've been. Because God hears every one of our prayers, but He doesn't necessarily mean He's going to answer all of our prayers how we think He should. I don't want to jump too far ahead. You know, He's a loving Father. And kids know, uh, sorry, parents know, good parents know what their kids need. If I gave my kids everything that they asked for, I would spoil them rotten. Hello? I would not be helping them in life. And some of us, we think God's like that. We think we've got this imagery of God being a sugar daddy, that everything we ask for is going to pour out to us. It's just wanting to, because we hear preaching that God wants to bless us, and He does, that God wants to meet our needs, and He will. But we've got to get a good understanding of this stuff. And we've not really talked about it too much. Because we know what our kids need, and God knows what we need. And there are some things that I now thank God that He didn't answer the prayers that I, that I prayed because I can now see God at work through my life. You know, when I come to the point that God isn't answering my prayers, there are two things that I do. First of all, I, I look inward. So everybody just do that. I look inward. I look into my heart. I don't look around me. That's the first thing. This is the first response. I look inward. I say, God, is there something in me that you're wanting to show me? There are five very quick things that I just want to um, just draw your attention to. And, and if you've got notes, I just encourage you to write the word down or the statement down and write the verses. Some of you really need to hear this ministry this morning. I'm not here to impress you. I'm not here to astound you. I'm here to just try and lay a word in your heart that will set you up for the rest of your lives. For the rest of your lives. Because some of you, if you haven't already, you're going to get massively disappointed. Some of you are living in disappointment because of unanswered prayers. But God wants to just bring some relief to you. The first thing I want to say is this. When God hasn't answered my prayer, I stop. I look inward and I say, God, 
What, what are you wanting to do? So the first thing I check is this. Am I doubting? The first thing is this. Am I doubting? Because in James chapter 1, verse 6 is through to 7, this is what James writes. But when you ask, you must believe and not doubt. Because the one who doubts is like a wave of the sea blown and tossed by the wind. Verse 7. That person should not expect to receive anything from the Lord. So I first of all saying, am I doubt? I'm asking, but I'm doubting. I don't believe. I've got a, not a great image of God. I want to tell you, God is able to do whatever God wants to do. Can I get an amen? God is able to you know, raise the, you know, the dead to life. God is able to put marriages back together. God is able to change communities. God is able to save a city. He is. He's God. He's almighty God. But sometimes we can doubt it. Mark 11 verse 24 says this, Therefore I tell you, whatever you ask for in prayer, believe that you have already received it and it will be yours. So I first of all say, God, am I doubting you? Secondly, I then say inwardly, okay, is my relationship with my wife stopping the prayers? For those who are married and your husband's here, I want you to take note because this is what it says and we skirt by these verses. But 1 Peter verse uh, 3 verse 7 says this, Husbands in the same way be considerate as you live with your wives and treat them with respect. I'll come on to this weaker partner. Don't all get all worked up. But it says there, as the weaker partner and as heirs with you of the gracious gift of life so that nothing will hinder your prayers. Aha. Uh-huh. Husbands. Are our prayers unanswered because we are hindering our wives and our prayers remain unanswered? He uses a contemporary version of that verse. The same goes for husbands. Be good husbands to your wives. Ladies, I thought I'd get an amen from you. I'm going to read it again, okay? And, and well, after three, so I want you to lead it in. The same goes for your husbands. Um, be good to your wives. Honour them. Delight in them. As women, they lack some of your advantages. And that is talking about the whole thing to do with strength. Please don't fall out me. The reality is we are different. Men, in the nat- naturally speaking, are normally stronger physically. And we're just built differently. And I'm out there. We just are. That is, that is the fact. And that is what he's addressing here, Peter. He's not saying you're weaker. He's not saying you're, you're stupid, you ladies. We love you, ladies. We, you're equal with your husbands. That's the Bible. But he's saying you lack some of the advantages and we lack some of your advantages. But in the new life of God's grace, you're equals. Treat your wives then as equals so your prayers don't run aground. Have you got it? Our bad relationships with our wives. I don't want to flick that. I think I can, onto, our, onto the wives. Listen, we have to be careful how we honour our husbands because if you don't honour your husbands or your partner, I'm not convinced our prayers are going to be answered. There's a principle here. Three, the reason our prayers don't go answered because we have impure motives. James 4 verse 3. When you ask, you do not receive because you ask with wrong motives. That you may spend what you get on your pleasures. If we're just asking, God bless me, bless me, I'm going to be no doubt. God bless me, bless me, bless me, bless me, bless me. Oh, just bless me a bit more. God bless me, bless me. So I just, I'm just getting fatter and fatter and fatter and richer and richer and richer. You know, listen, God's blessings flow to us 
So we're conduits that will then go and bless others. Can I hear an amen? Whatever blessings that we receive here, we never want to keep it to ourselves. We want to go and bless others in Jesus' name. Bless other countries. Bless other cities. Bless other churches in Jesus' name. It was a real delight of mine when the Vineyard Church was planted here a couple of years ago. And I met with Tim and Tim Isley, Tim and Hannah Isley. And Tim came and just spoke to us about it. And we just had an opportunity to just pray. Just, I, I prayed for him up in that bar here and just prayed the blessing of God, the increase of God on all that he was doing. It's great to hear that they're going great guns. That's what I'm talking about. It's not that God blesses us, this church, so we're the only church that's blessed. If there's churches like that around the areas, they need to watch it. We want to be a blessing to others. Can I hear a big amen? <laughs> Fourthly, our prayers go unanswered, not just because of impure motives, but because we are not concerned enough with the poor. I haven't got time to go through this. Isaiah 58, God challenges the people of God. He says, listen, you're fasting. It's nothing to me. While there's people who are destitute, while people are in chains. Your prayers are the, the, the worthless to me. And I am again so glad that there is a, the very heart of compassion that reaches out to brokenness. This world is broken. If you are here and you are broken, you are very, very welcome and keep coming back. And I believe that God will just keep putting you back together. Might take some time. Listen, look at me. Oh, look at me. I'm broken. But God is putting me back together. God is healing me. I'm getting more healed. I actually sometimes preach myself healed. (laughs) I worship myself healed. In worship, God just washes over me. Does anybody know what I'm talking about? Because there's such pain and such hurt and such disappointment that can be around our lives. But if we are not concerned about the poor, then I don't believe we can expect God to answer our prayers. And that is a challenge to those who think it's all about them. It's not. And fifthly, there's a lack of forgiveness to others. Very quickly. Our prayers go unanswered because we lack forgiveness. We hold grudges. Mark 11 verse 25. And when you stand praying, if you hold anything against anyone, forgive them. So that your Father in heaven may forgive your sins. There's a blockage. You know, if we hold unforgiveness in our hearts, we, we can't expect God to just push through and just, oh, it's okay. No, we have to deal with this situation. Before we move on in our family, if the kids have fallen out, we say to them, now go and say you're sorry. No, I'm okay. No, go and say you're sorry. Anybody else have that principle in the house? Go and put right, then we can move forward. Hello? Husbands, go and put right before we move. Wives, don't give them the silent treatment. Okay, we know you can certainly work that on us and you're just masters at it. You know, my wife will listen to this and she says, no, I don't do that. But we, you know, we, we all can with one another. Listen, we need to release forgiveness. So then we can hear our prayer, the prayers of our hearts be answered. So there are the f- five things that I look at internally. Have you got them? That I think are really important. But secondly, I think we need to look externally. We need to look externally. If our prayers are becoming unanswered, we, we have to say, God, what are you saying to us? What if God is saying no to us? What if God is saying no to you? I haven't got time because 
just because of time and just because I don't want to open up, but there was just a number of years ago and Julie will be known about this. We just prayed it through his family's work. We were just asking God to help us, to bless us. And it was just a no. The door slammed no. And I'm so glad, glad God said no to us. Because point number one, some of God's greatest gifts are unanswered prayers. <laughs> we don't think about it at the time, but some of God's greatest gifts are unanswered prayers. Because what God does, he shuts the door, but we have no idea what he's shutting the door and what he's opening the door to. Can anybody testify to that? Just give me a wave if you... It's true. God has at times shut doors, said no to me, and I've stamped my feet and I've had a paddy. That's a, that's a word. I've heard, God, what are you doing? But then I've realized months, years down the line, oh God, I'm so thankful you shut that door there. Because you've now, I'm walking in something that's amazing. Number two, the ways of, uh, of God are, and, and his thoughts are way higher. So I wrote it this way. His ways are not my ways. His thoughts are not my thoughts. You know, it's from the Bible, Isaiah 55. For my thoughts are not your thoughts, and neither are my ways are your ways, declares the Lord. Verse 9, as heavens are higher than the earth, so are my ways higher than your ways and my thoughts than your thoughts. If you think you're cleverer than God, you are not. You will never fathom God out. You will never figure him out. He is bigger. He is, he is beyond your comprehension. If he was to reveal his full glory and his full power to you, we would be absolutely shriveled up. <laughs> and his ways are far beyond our ways. And thirdly, what is God doing in me? This is what I said. Again, I asked, God, what are you doing in me? Because this is as important as what God is doing around me. So there are some inter internal things that we look at, but there are externals. Some of God's greatest gifts are unanswered prayers. I have to understand that his ways are not my ways. And then I ask myself the question, what if God is doing, what is God doing in me? Because this is as important as what God is doing around me. You know, there are times, I've mentioned this a moment ago, that I look back on my life with gratitude that God did not answer my prayers. Unanswered prayers. I know I've raced through them, but I'd encourage you to just take the notes or listen to the podcast again, because I believe they'll, they'll help all of you. Just nudge the neighbor next to you. Some of you need waking up. Just say, have you got that? Unanswered prayers. We all have them. We all have them. But in these closing minutes that I've got with you, I want to just talk about what about unasked prayers? What about unasked prayers? Mark Batterson, who wrote The Circle Maker, he said this, the, great, the greatest tragedy in life is the prayers that go unanswered because they go unasked. The greatest tragedy in life is the prayers that go unanswered because they go unasked. Not only unanswered prayers, but unasked prayers. And we don't ask God because we have a wrong perception of God. And just for a moment, what do I mean by that? Again, just to state the point, we, we have this understanding that God is mighty and he's, he's there and he is all of that. But then some of us, because of bad theology, we have then have an impression that we are 
distant from God, that God couldn't love us, that God couldn't care for us, that God's not interested in us, that who am I in, in the billions of people? Who am I in the great economy and scheme of the nations and of God? Who am I? And that can lead to all kinds of insecurities and inferiority and all kinds of challenges and issues. And this is just for Christians. I want to tell you, the Bible records that he knows every hair upon your head. He knows when every sparrow falls to the ground. He knows everything about you. He's a loving father. And our perception needs to be that he loves us. He cares for us. Therefore, I can approach his throne with confidence. The Bible says in Hebrews that we should approach the throne of grace with confidence. And we do that when we have a great perception of God and we have a great perception and perspective of who we are. You know, one of my favorite verses in the Psalms is Psalm 2 and verse 8, where God says, Ask of me, and I will give the nations as an inheritance for you. Ask of me. Ask of me. I often am challenging that, saying, God, you know, we're asking for a town, Mansfield. We're asking for Ilkeston. We're asking for the M1 corridor. But he says, ask of me and I will give you the nations. Could it be that actually we're asking too small? Could it be that we're asking small prayers? Could it be that God is wanting to raise up some people who will ask of him for the nations? I believe there are some guys, some churches that are stepping into this, not with arrogance, not with ego, with great humility. They're saying, they're calling out to God, churches that are collectively coming together. We're saying, God, we're not just going to settle for just a few people. We're not just going to settle for even a thousand people. Because if we had a thousand people in Mansfield, there'd still be 99,000 people that would be outside the church. We are not called to just pastor these people. We are called to pastor the town. And something needs to rise in our hearts on Tuesday mornings when we pray. That we call out to God with bigger prayers that are in our hearts. I'm not talking about presumption. I'm not talking about stupidity. But when faith begins to rise in his people, we begin to ask him for greater things. And I for one, I'm wanting to step into this. Because I for one, don't want to come to the end of my life and God says to me, not just what did I do, but why didn't you ask for that? Why didn't you ask and believe for that? You know, when I look at the scriptures, I see a number of breakthrough prayers. I see Daniel who prayed for God to be known in the midst of living amongst pagan gods. I see Nehemiah who prayed for a city. And the nation walls were burnt down and were in just a tragic way. If you ever look at News at 10 or BBC One at 10 and you see the bombing of Syria and some of these war-torn areas, you'll see city walls completely obliterated. This is what Nehemiah was walking into. Not with bombs, but just burnt down, crushed. And his heart began to cry out to God for the nation, his nation. And he began to pray and seek the heart of God. Hannah, well, she prayed for a baby. Because she wasn't pregnant and she prayed and God answered her prayers. Elijah, he prayed for rain. David, it doesn't note it in the Bible in 1 Samuel 16, but I know he will have done because I read the Psalms. He prayed and he overcame a giant. And Jesus, Jesus, 
He prayed for strength to face the cross of crucifixion. Now you might say, well, those characters that you talk about, they are superhuman spiritual giants. Read them in the scriptures, Christian. I can't be like Elijah. I haven't got the, I haven't got the faith of Nehemiah. How can I be like Jesus? It's interesting what the book of James, it's a great book if anybody wants to read a good, a good book from the Bible. This is what he says in James in chapter 5 and verse 16 and 18 from the message. It says, the prayer of, of a person living right with God is something powerful. Just turn to the neighbor and actually say, something powerful. The prayers of people living right, right with God is something powerful. Now turn to the other person, your second choice. On the other side, say, something powerful. Something powerful. The prayers of a person living right with God is something powerful to be reckoned with. Listen, Elijah, for instance, human, just like us. That's basically saying he was frail, he was weak, he had temptations, he messed up. He was human, just like you and just like me. I've just made sure that you're all human by you've got breath in your body, you uh, last week, uh, you know, I just used this illustration. I said, pinch the person next to you. So you've got away from some pinching. Okay, we're all human. But it says there that he prayed hard that it wouldn't rain and it didn't. Not a drop for three and a half years. Then he prayed that it would rain and it did. And the showers came and everything started growing again. The point that I'm making is this. Breakthrough prayers, large prayers, bold prayers that we often remain unasked. God is wanting a people to arise who will begin to ask boldly, God, will you give us the nations? God, will you give us my street? God, will you save that family member? God, and we believe in Jesus' name that he is well able to do it. You might have been praying for years. I want to encourage you to keep praying. Get that battering ram of prayer and keep battering that door down in Jesus' name. Anybody with me? You may say, Christian, you don't know. I've been praying 10 years, 15 years. Nothing's happening. I want to fuel you up today. Say, keep praying. Keep battering that door. Keep being persistent in prayer. Believe for breakthrough prayers in Jesus' name. There's about 10 of you who believe that. Others, others are really think, figuring it out. But I'm telling you, God is wanting us to just rise up and begin to ask Him for some very, very bold things. So as I finish, I'd encourage you to get here on Tuesday. If there's eight people been gathering, I'm believing for 16 together. Because this is where it all happens. And if you can't get here on the Tuesday morning, genuinely you cannot get because of whatever reason. Tell Stephen that you're praying at 6.30 in the morning. Just tell him. Or tell one of the leaders here. We need to see something begin to happen in prayer. Yeah, that we believe God. So we're going to get here on, on Tuesday. We, 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 I want to encourage you if, you, if you're not presently praying, I just very quickly, 15 minutes. That's all you need. Five minutes in prayer talking to God. Five minutes just reading a few verses of scripture. 
five minutes of just reflection. You may want to write a few thoughts down. Do that for 30 days. So 30 by 15. 30 days, 15 minutes. Something will begin to happen in your heart. I promise you something will begin to happen. As you commit to that, same time, same place, you know, five, 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 30 days, God will begin to do something in you. And thirdly, some of us need to draw some big circles. We need to believe God for some big things. We're drawing circles around this area. My God, if there's ever a town that needs a touch of God, it's Mansfield, it's Sutton, it's Clipston, it's Kirkby. Anybody else from anywhere else? We're just Ilkeston, Hena. We believe in God for him to do something amazing. So I wonder if we just stand to our feet. We're going to sing a great song. A finish, we're going to ask the Holy Spirit to come again. But before we do that, I wonder if we just bow our heads and our hearts for a moment.